Welcome back to Becoming Relentless. This is your favorite host, Eleanor McCabe. We don't have Dee here today. She is getting ready for the national championships, but we do have a very special guest. Today, we dive deep with none other than Megan freaking Long. Today's episode, we go into her growth as a coach, as a competitor, and most importantly, as an amazing and impactful human being on this earth. I hope that y'all are ready to be inspired, motivated, and absolutely challenged. Share this podcast on your story, tag us, and we'll see you inside. Megan Long, how are you doing? It's an honor to be here, honestly. I am so excited. <laughs> I'm excited to have you. Yes, thank you. I love your guys' podcast. I love the messages you put out there. And I've just been waiting for my time to be on and be able to share yes. whatever you guys have with you. Excellent. Well, I have a lot of questions for you. I want to deep dive. I know you've been on podcasts before. I want this to be different. I want it to be new and give the listeners something extra. Yeah. So. Ask away. My first question. Is it, we're just going to dive right in. It's a deep one. <laughs> what do you want people to say about you? So if you were in a coma, if you were on your deathbed and somehow, Fuck. I know, it got morbid. <laughs> you were like, wait. We're going to get deep and deadly. <laughs> okay, imagine you're dead. No. <laughs> what would you want people to say about you on your deathbed? I really want people just to remember me by how I affected them from an energetic standpoint, how I always make people feel just wholesome. Like, I just... If I were to die, I miss the way Megan just made me feel. That's the main thing. I love making people feel good because everybody is so special. And I want everyone to feel how special they are. And I feel like I have a big gift to be able to kind of figure out what that specialty is in each person and highlight that. So I love just making people feel good. And I'm funny as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Agree and agree. <laughs> I can't confirm. <laughs> I just I want people to miss me making them laugh. I love making people laugh because smiles are so freaking beautiful that if I can just make you laugh and it also just calms everything too. Like I always just say, like my first objective is always like I'm just gonna make them laugh, and then after that, it's all cool and kosher. Do you feel if you can make people laugh, you've opened a doorway or you've removed like a barrier? Yeah, like. They almost feel, like I said, just, like, kind of relaxed. Like, I oh, oh, okay, she's cool. Like, yeah, I just laugh. They're comfortable, not on edge. And even though, you know, as you start to climb in success, people just view you differently. And I don't want to come off as, like, always being professional. You know, that's one thing that I really like to uphold is just, like, be professional. Be professional. I'm like, nah, fuck that. Like, I'm me, but, like, we have success, you know? So I love that. Absolutely. It's funny you say that because I do feel from when I met you to now, you have just taken off like the levels. There's, I can't even really put it into words, but despite all of that, all of the success, everything you've been through, you're still the same Megan, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's funny you say that too, because I was watching, God, please don't look them up, my old YouTube Yes, your vlogs. <laughs> I was watching my vlogs actually the other day and I was watching them with Jonathan and he's like, you're still the same person. I'm like, 
well, yeah, that's the point of being like, that's, I'm still me at the core, regardless of like what accolades or what I continue to succeed with. Like, I'm never going to change who I am and I never want to. I think that's incredibly valuable and also very rare. Yes. How do you feel like you found who you are and stay anchored in it? It's difficult. It really is. It really is to stay anchored in that. I like that you said staying anchored in it too, because it can waver. And I think I've been through phases where I've been pulled out of who I am, but I always come back to who I am. And you could feel when you're not aligned with who you are. Everybody knows that the universe reminds you all the time that you're not aligned with who you are and what your message is or what your purpose is. Um, so I think getting lost and then finding yourself again, when you refine yourself, you almost refine who you are. And you're like, that is who I am, right? I'm backgrounded with who I am. Um, but I think how I stay anchored, self-work, just constantly doing self-work, um, journaling, meditating, shadow work, things like that. Just keep regrounding me because it is very easy to get caught up in life and get caught up in even the success. And I think that a lot of people expect you to change and they say, you know, oh, success changes people. Success changes people. Money changes people. This changes. Status changes people. And I never want to be that person. I've always want, you know, when someone comes up to me and they're like, oh, like you're Megan, I want to give you a hug. And I want to say like, what's your story? Who are you? What's your story? How can I relate to you? How can I help you? And I think that's really special. It is very special. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it takes like a degree of vulnerability because I know like within myself, I also want to impact people mm -hmm. in that way. Like I want to leave them with a feeling of, wow, she's the same as online and in person. Yeah. And the energy that, that she puts forth, like even on this podcast or social media is the same in person. Mm -hmm. Something that I struggle with sometimes, like with the in-person, is that vulnerability. Mm. I find it a lot easier to be vulnerable, like on camera yeah. versus in-person, like mm -hmm. being open to hearing someone else's story without getting so tied in whatever's going on in your own head. Like right. Being present, mm -hmm. being present in the conversation. One thing I learned recently, I would say maybe recently, like, <clears throat> me, like six months ago, is vulnerability it creates connection because people don't want to like it almost like if you think of yourself as like an eggshell and there's imperfections of cracks and things people now have something to hold on to and that's vulnerability and if you're if you present yourself as this perfect shell there's nothing to hold on to and there's nothing to, for people to be able to connect or to relate to and i think that's one thing that I do a really good job about is sharing the struggles of things and like, yeah, dude, life's fucking hard. Like, I don't have it figured out. Like, if you perceive me to have it figured out, like, that's the wrong perception because I don't have it figured out. But being being vulnerable and like, you have to practice. You have to practice being vulnerable and allowing yourself to be open to hearing other people's stories and find relatability in that because we're honestly all the same. Yeah. We're all the same. <laughs> we are. Do you find like, so when you said that, I just thought a lot of the struggles I go through, I notice my athletes 
will then go through the exact same thing. Yes. Like it's almost like we're mirroring each other. And I'm yep. like, dang, y'all are struggling with it too. Cause same. <laughs> yeah. And I don't have any issues like saying that too. I'm like, yeah. Hey, yo, I just went through this two weeks ago and this is how we combated it. Yes. And that's the thing too is like, no one's superior, you know, just because I am leading you and I am giving you guidance and I have a lot of knowledge in this. I'm not better than anybody, you know, like I face the same struggles as my athletes do way more than they even know, you know, way, 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 way more, especially as a female. I feel like we're all just like, we struggle with the same shit. I know. I'm like, these are <laughs> what are some of the things you feel like just keep coming up within you, within your athletes? As far as struggles go. Um, that you could share. That's a really good question, man. That really, I love when you make me think. Something that I feel like constantly comes up, just just relationships with themselves. Um, body image is a very, very big one. I feel like in, in our society right now, constantly like being nice to yourself, you know, no one's meaner to you than, than you. And I, I hate that, but it's true. You know, like the things that you say to yourself, if someone said to you, you would be livid. I'm like, why would am I saying these things to myself? If someone else said this about me, I would be so pissed. So why are you allowing yourself to say that? Um, so being nice to yourself, those are the things like I constantly come up, just tying your self-worth to your physique, to your body. You're not your body. Those are those are very reoccurring things that we have to I'm very good at being able to pull you back into, you know, surfacing what really does matter. You know, hey, yeah, we are working on the physique. We are working on the health, but that's not what this journey is about. You know, like I like to say it's more of an experience than it is just like I'm coaching you. Yeah. This is an experience. This is it's 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 cultivating things that you're going to carry on for the rest of your life, you know, and I hope in we have a long journey together. Yeah. It's not just A to B. Like anyone can guide you through weight loss. Yes. What you're giving them is experience to take on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You nailed that. Like anyone, you can hire any coach and they're going to get you the body that you want. But what have you learned along the way? What have you what have you built within yourself? Like, you know, the character traits that you want to instill for a long period of time. I think that's where leadership really comes in versus like, I have a coach, I have a leader, I have a mentor. I really have stepped into that mentor role really in the last year, I'd say ever since, um, probably since I moved to Tampa, I'd say stepped really into that mentor role. And I love it. I love it so much. That, I feel like that's really more, there's a difference between a passion and a calling. I feel my calling is more like mentorship. What is the difference between passion and calling? Passion, I think, so I'll give you an example. I'm passionate about competing, but that's not my calling. That's not my calling. Calling is something that you can't hide from, that you keep going back to doing. Like I'm constantly mentoring people without even realizing I'm mentoring them in conversations and in and, and everything that I do, I'm I'm realizing that I'm just gravitating more towards like that mentor role. And that's more my calling, but I'm so fucking passionate about coaching. And they can coincide. I really do believe that they can for a period of time. But at some point I think that they may separate and I might dive really deep into just being an extreme mentor. Yeah. Yeah. 
when did that happen? Because I do feel, so when I met you, yeah. like, years ago now, which is crazy. God, nobody even knows how we met. Oh. I know. How did, <laughs> yeah, how did we meet? Oh, you guys want to know how me and Noah met? <laughs> this is so great. I love this story. So Noah had reached out to me about posing. If any of you have been around for a long time, you know that I was really into being a posing coach for a while. And I still love posing. I think it's beautiful. Um, She had reached out to me about posing. And I was like, man, this girl is special. I loved, we had a a great connection right away. And she didn't have a coach at the time. And I was like, you need to work with Justin. And she, he wasn't taking on bikini athletes at the time. He was like, I don't want to coach bikini athletes. I don't know what his qualm was about it. But he's like, I'm not doing bikini athletes. And I was like, hey, I just posed with this girl. She doesn't have a coach because I wasn't coaching at the time. You hadn't started coaching. I hadn't coaching. started coaching. Yeah. So this yeah. was over three years ago. Um, and he was like, fine, like, I'll check her out. Like, I'll give her a chance. I'm like, yes, let's go. Got a good one. <laughs> and he started, he started coaching you. And I was working with you on posing and fast forward, we continued to work together on posing. He continued to work with you. And I worked with you all the way into nationals, helping you turn pro at nationals. Yeah, literally. Like yeah. Nas- day of nationals. My we're hips on FaceTime. Were like, yeah, yeah, my hips were all like messed up. I'm like, Yo, and you were like, you those? need to like put more weight on your right leg. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like literally coaching me through on show day. So, yes. Yeah. yeah that, was so- that was so special. I remember being like, holy shit, I just helped someone turn pro. Yeah, literally. Like the imposter syndrome was through the roof. I was like, no way. I just did that. I'm watching you. I remember watching you live at home, just like, dude, she's about to get it done. Like she's about to get shit. it done. I was shaking. It was incredible. Oh, me too. Incredible. Yeah. Now fast forward, we're about to ride up to nationals together. I know. And like Full be circle. in a posing seminar. How insane is that? It's crazy to think about. Yeah, literally. And now you are on TM. So Justin would have never freaking given you that opportunity to. Holy shit. That's insane. It When you think about it, like if I had never worked with you for posing, I wouldn't even be here You'd be in today. Yeah. Still. <laughs> I don't know what I would be. You're doing. wild. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it wouldn't be as cool as this. It like, would it not would be not as even cool as close. this. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, I love when things come full circle and just, you get to really take a moment. I love that. I haven't really sat with that in a while to just be like, wow, we did play such a huge role in getting to this point in each other's journey. So snaps. (laughs) Moment. (laughs) Good shit. I know. Well, speaking of like pivotal moments, because I know that like there's been so many roles that you have played in my life that have been pivotal like I can't I really can't put it into words because Mm -hmm. it's so special thank you but I do want to ask because I've seen you like reach these levels of just success within your business within yourself within relationships and you're all like you're somebody that I look up to a ton and I'm wondering is there like a specific moment in time that you felt was a pivotal moment a significant moment that just changed everything I feel I have a couple of those pivotal moments. Excuse me. Um, One of the biggest moments that just changed my entire career, my personal life, everything was um, before I turned pro. That whole prep was an extremely, I would say that time, that time was a pivotal moment for me because 
a lot of things were happening on the back end that a lot of people weren't aware that were happening. Um, you know, speaking of like getting vulnerable, you know, I have no issues with that now because it it has helped cultivate me into the person I am now. But things were pretty much falling apart on the back end because of the way that I was operating within myself. I wasn't aligned with myself, which means I wasn't aligned within my business. I wasn't aligned within my message that I was sending to people. I wasn't aligned with the way that I was coaching my athletes and they felt that too. So I had a big shift. Like I was, I was losing a lot of athletes. I was losing a lot of friendships. Um, there was a lot of loss, a lot of loss. And I was extremely alone. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? I was, I had too big of an ego to ask for help. I thought I knew, I refused to ask for help because I thought that I knew everything. I thought I had the blueprint. I was like, I know what I'm doing. I don't need help. I don't need this. Um, so one of the most pivotal moments after I turned pro and I finally got that over with, if you will, I was like, I need help. Like, I need help. I need personal help. I need business help. I need help in all areas of my life, and that's okay. The minute that I realized that I needed help and I asked for help, everything skyrocketed. Yeah. Everything was just like, I can't do this on my own. I can't uncover all of my traumas and do this shadow work and go to therapy and build a business and be a friend and be a girlfriend and be a, a coach and be all of these things that I want to be by myself without any help. I had no tools. I knew where I wanted to be. I could see where I wanted to be, but I was like sitting in a car with no gas and I had no idea how to get to the gas station. It's like, it's, that's the perfect analogy of like, I was refusing to ask, like, where's the next gas station? And I was just fucking driving. I was like, boop, 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 boop. Hopefully I'm going to find up. that shit. Holy <laughs> yeah. shit. I'm on E. I'm still going to find it. Like, trust. I'm going to find it. It's going to pop up. It's fine. It's going to pop <laughs> yeah. up. And it just never did. And so um, I, that's why I'm so big on, like, you learn so much more from the losses. And, like, I would say that that time frame was, like, my rock bottom. Like, that was rock bottom for me when I was, like, I have absolutely fucking nothing to lose like a team means everything to me like a team is my baby and i was like if i love this as much as i think that i love this as much as i know that i love this i need help like i need help and so i started getting mentorships in just more areas than one not just with like understanding coaching or understanding business. I had a business coach. I had, you know, a mindset coach. I had so many different coaches that that is, that was like the most pivotal moment for me was realizing like, it's okay that you need help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's super important because a lot of people will blindly go through their lives and not ask for help. Yeah. They just don't get to that place. It's the ego. It's the ego. This, the more that my ego started to die and die and die, I would say that I, I would probably, I mean, you still have, you still have glimpses of an ego, but I would say that I have dissolved, pretty much completely dissolved my ego. And I have no issues with saying the struggles of, of things that I went through. And, you know, I was like, I'm about to lose everything if I don't figure out my shit. And that wasn't worth it to me. It wasn't worth it to me. How did you keep going through those moments? So as you're losing athletes, friendships, feeling so alone, was it literally just waking up one day and 
getting on the phone with somebody? Was it talking yes. to people? Yes. So I had I had contact with at the time. Um, my, they were my mentors, Grant and Celeste. Mm -hmm. oh, and yeah, yeah. yeah. So at the time I was, I, I knew of them and we were friends and I knew of the work that they had done. This was before they were what they were now. This was like in the beginning stages of what they have um, created. But I had thought about working with them, thought about working with them. And they had like dropped in hints that like, hey, like we should hop on a call because they saw me. They like they always just saw me. They, they mentioned that when we started working together, they were like, we see you. And we see you. And when everything was just kind of like losses and losses and losses to where like a family, it was hard for family to talk to me. Like my brother was like, like, you're just really hard to talk to right now because I couldn't do any wrong. Like nothing that I was doing was wrong. It was everybody else. It was everybody else was wrong outside of me. And when I started working with them, I got on the call with them and I will never forget. They asked me who I was. And I said, I have no fucking idea. I have no idea. And that terrified me. That terrified me that I had no idea who I was. Yeah. And so working with them, I still reach out to them, you know, to this day and tell them how much they changed my life. And I owe them, you know, I know I don't owe them anything, but I owe them everything because I would not be the person that I am right now without them just being so raw and so real and giving me the space to be broken. That was the biggest thing to me was I didn't feel like I had the space to be broken. Like I was someone who always just had to have it together. And now I'm just like, yeah, I don't have it together today. Sorry. It's one of those days, you know, and I have no issue saying that. Yeah. That's incredible. I do. So I reached out to them as well. Yeah. At a certain point, we had a call and the same thing when they asked, like, who are you? I think I was silent for a minute straight because I was like, you, the surface level things come to mind. But yeah, you have, when you're asked to really define yourself. The first thing that you want to say is what you do. Mm -hmm. Oh, I am a bikini competitor. I am a coach. No, no, no. That's what you do. Those are labels. That's how other people perceive you. Or you want to tie yourself to behaviors. You know, I'm anxious. I'm all, whatever you, <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. like whatever you perceive yeah. <laughs> or, or are perceived as. And at the end of my journey with them, they have homework that, you know, you have homework every week, which was so challenging. It was the challenges of those of those prompts that you had to do. And you got on a call with them and you went over those prompts. And like, it was just so raw and so real. You just couldn't hide from your shit. It's like um, you're a light and life puts like layers on you and layers and layers and layers. And their job is to come in and just start ripping those layers off until they get to the light of who you are. And so it's a really beautiful experience when you get to the to the end and you're able to really just like be who you are. Yeah. But that process, I'm sure, is. It's hard. There was days there's there was so many days where I just wanted to quit. I wanted to give up like the, the easiest thing to do is just stop. But then you're going to have to come back and do it again. So I'm like, I don't want to do this later. I'm going to do this now. You don't want to have to start the process oh, all over fuck again. No, dude. You're going through it. You might as well finish it. Yeah, because then there's going to be more layers. Yep. Now there's going to be shame and guilt of not being able to get through it in the first place. But now, you know, in that, in that time, I was so happy that I did it because I didn't have – now I feel like I have so many people that I are reliant on who I am, which I love. I love that because I'm able to show up. 
But at that time, if anyone was reliant on me, oh shit, man, I'm sorry. Like it was <laughs> no way, no way. I couldn't even show up for me. Right. Let alone again, that's where like the the losses came in because I wasn't able to show up. And they could sense that. The people in your life could sense that, even if they couldn't put it into words. So they're just, I'm, and now you I look know? back, I'm like, hey, I don't blame you. Yeah. But like, hey, you want to circle back? <laughs> Cause like I'm, I'm, I'm here and I'm <laughs> I'm me again. I'm ready. I'm lit. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. I'm lit. <laughs> so from that time, like even into now, what are some of the things you do for like self care or pri- like prioritizing yourself? When d- does that ever come up again? Like, do you boundaries? Ever feel, yeah. Extreme boundaries. Time for yourself is really, really important. And I'm it's something that I still really do have to put in place of like, I could tell when I haven't had time for myself, meaning like complete time for myself where I am like a veg on the couch. Time for yourself. It's so important. Um, it's funny that you say that because I actually, I don't want to say I got diagnosed because I don't have a disease, but just recently got blood work done and found out I have... Um, which I knew, I fucking knew it. I have adrenal fatigue. And so that has really put my back against the wall of like, you need to chill the fuck out. Yeah. And really prioritize time for yourself to just be. So I used to think that time, like self-care was like, oh, I'm going to get my nails done and I'm going to get my hair done and I'm going to just like, you know, do these things. And like, that's not self-care. Self-care is... Um, taking an extra hour in the morning before anyone's awake to meditate, to journal, to set my intentions for the day of who I want to be at my highest self. That is my self-care. That's what I do every single day. I take that time to prioritize for me before, like I said, before anybody's awake, before my energy's even disrupted. I know who I want to be that day. And every day I know how I want to show up. I know what the energy my energy is going to be unfuckwithable that day because I had this time to really, really sit with myself. So leaning into that, it takes a lot of practice. You know, when you first start journaling and you first start doing shadow work and meditating and all of that, you don't know what you're doing. You're just sitting there and you're like, hum. <laughs> you're like, I'm supposed to not be thinking, but somehow I'm thinking. like, <laughs> I'm like, it's been at least five. And I'm like, one minute. <laughs> One fucking minute. So really just like your body starts to like shake you out of that. Like you'll feel like when you're yeah. sitting there, like your your body's sending you like your back starts to hurt and you're like, fuck, no, I'm not getting out of this meditative state. You're not getting out of it. And you guys can't see me, but my eyes are closed <laughs> and my hands are in like the Buddhism thing right now. <laughs> and I'm like, nope. And then I'm like, I'll feel like little tingles. And I'm like, nope, we are here. We are here. And you kind of like work up to now. I can be in a meditative state. I can be in it for 30 to 60 minutes on end and just be there. But it takes practice. It really takes practice. The first time like I did it, like I said, I was like, it's been at least five. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's been a couple minutes because we're so we're so cultured to just like be stimulated and be on that being in a state of complete awareness of yourself and calm it's so foreign it's so foreign that your body's trying to shake you out of it especially me it wants yes it's like okay we're done stimulate 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 and that's why even people say like when 
I take myself to dinner. Mm -hmm. My objective is I sit at the bar and I have no phone. Because did you really take yourself out if you're just on your phone the whole time you're at dinner? And you're not aware of anything going on around you. You didn't. No, you use it as a boy. Like, oh, I went, I took myself out. And I'm like, no, you might as well have been sitting at home. On your phone. On your (laughs) phone. Like, fuck. (laughs) I just want to burn my phone to the ground. (laughs) I I definitely feel that. It's, I have to say, like, I can't get to 60 minutes. Not yet. No. 30 minutes max right now for me. And then I, same thing. I start getting antsy. Like, I'm like, well, I need to start my day. I need to, you know. Get going, get going. Yes. It's trying to pull you out of it because you feel like you always have other things to do than focus on that and yourself. And like when you realize like I've carved out this hour, I don't have anything else to do right now. Yes. This is why I'm here. This is exactly why I'm here. I think that's the biggest thing I've learned this year is that time to yourself is productive because I used to have that excuse. I, I would want to be busy. I'd want to be mm. productive. Yeah. It's almost, it's the almost t- like, like the busy work. You create work just to act like you're busy. You're like, oh, I've had such a productive day. And I'm like, and you list f- like three things. Yeah. <laughs> I know you see the people that on Instagram when they post like what they have to do today. And it's just, it's such mindless, stupid fucking things. It's like walk my dog, cardio, <laughs> done client work done i'm like this is busy work this isn't these are life things yeah it's not a checklist that you did your you did your morning walk morning walk check (laughs) breath work check walked my dog check ate breakfast check i'm like these are normal tasks these aren't like these are your everyday things it's It's not yeah yes yeah i i I love seeing that (laughs) stuff i'm like that's just what everybody does honey brushed my teeth walked my dog i'm like fucking awesome. great yeah but it makes you feel and it makes you feel like you've succeeded something it's like the reward system like yes. when you check those boxes it, it's not it's you're if you do that stop <laughs> if you're listening and you or don't and, stop because we love seeing your little lists like oh you brushed your teeth today <laughs> like, oh yeah just try to make yeah. it more more yeah. above of like important things <laughs> Uh, no, I love that. That's hilarious. Yeah. I did want to circle back because in case people don't know, like what is adrenal fatigue? So adrenal fatigue is when your cortisol has been high. So you have adrenal glands. There are little glands that sit on top of your kidneys and they are in control of hormones, cortisol, adrenaline. They control those patterns. Um, aldosterone, which is your stress hormone. Um, So your cortisol, when your cortisol is elevated for a prolonged period of time, so your cortisol is what wakes you up in the morning, you get a cortisol dump in the morning, um, stress. So when your stress is high for a prolonged period of time, meaning not just like day-to-day stress, like, oh, I got to like walk my dog, like, like you're fucking stressed, like emotional stress, financial stress, like that's all stress is stress at the end of the day. So you think about it like this, cortisol spikes and it spiked for a prolonged period of time. So now your body is no longer going to make that hormone cortisol because you have an abundance of it. So what's it going to do? It's going to tank. So when your cortisol tanks, your body's not making it anymore. So you are feeling like you are in this prolonged state of tired, 
fatigue. Um, I was having low motivation in the gym. Strength was down. Sex drives down. Like everything just kind of fucking sucks. Like everything just sucks. But Which is weird for you. Like that's yes. a flag for you because I feel like training yes. is your favorite thing. Love training. So <laughs> it's been really hard yeah. because I, I knew something was going on. I knew something was going on, but I almost was... I wanted to be ignorant to it because I didn't want to believe that like I had an issue, but I almost was relieved when I found I had adrenal fatigue because I know how to fix it. I was like, oh, cool. I can fix this. So I was like pissed that I didn't go. Okay. Let me backtrack. I thought it was gonna be something worse. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be like my hormones were trashed. I was like, and then I almost was like, I don't want to find out if my hormones are trashed because I don't want to have to like stop doing the things that I'm doing. So I was kind of relieved when I found I had adrenal fatigue because I, like I said, I know how to fix it. And my motivation in the gym was just, I would get to the gym and I'd be like, why am I here? I've like, I've like cried several times in the gym because I just couldn't figure out why my strength was down. My motivation was down. Everything just kind of sucked. And so that happened for like, I'd probably say that's been going on for like the last two months. It's been going on for way too long. And now that I knew what it was, fast forward, I'm on my adrenal fatigue protocol. It's been almost three weeks, four weeks. And I feel amazing. Like now I wake up in the morning, my energy's good. Like I, I pop out of bed, I'm ready to go. Like I'm, I have energy throughout the day because I was also crashing midday, like 2, 3 p.m. Like I could not like keep my eyes open. I needed a nap and I don't nap. I hate naps. Yeah. You sleep at night. That's what time you sleep. If you need a nap midday, I definitely feel like there's something off. I don't think that we should need a two to three hour nap midday. And I was needing that just to get through the day. And so I finally addressed it. And here I am just better than ever. <laughs> I love that mm -hmm. for you. I do think a lot of people are in the same boat. Same with me. Like I'll notice things are off and I'm like, it's fine though. You know, you want to yeah. push through, but I do I always think, think my like, body is like, I'm going to work itself out. Yes. Same. And then I get I'm like, pissed because I'm like, if one of my clients was doing this, when they have... I actually have a couple athletes going through um, the recovery stages of it as well. And yeah. I'm like, hey, good thing you have adrenal fatigue because we can fix it, sis. And they're like, this encouragement is great because I'm like, the cool thing about you feeling like shit is there's only up. If you feel, I know how you felt because I just lived it. Yeah. And when you start feeling better, you almost forget what it feels like to feel good because you feel you felt like that for so long. Your baseline was changed. Yeah. Your perspective was, oh, this is just how I feel. I thought like it's kind of shitty. I truly, I truly thought it just like came with the job description. I was like, well, I'm just always going to be tired. Like I give my energy to a lot of people. Like, you know, I run a company. Like I show up in this way. Like I'm just kind of always going to be exhausted. And that that was that feeling was kind of defeating. I felt defeated because I was like, I don't know how long I can sustain this. And so I was actually really relieved when I found out there was something wrong, if you will, because um, I was like, oh, shit, yeah, I'm not going to be feeling like this forever. And now I'm on the other side of it. Like, I wish I would have just done it sooner. So if you are listening to this and you're experiencing anything like this, um, I can help you for sure. And you don't you shouldn't be feeling like you can't wake up no matter how much coffee you have no matter what you do you cannot snap out of that state of fatigue cuz it's not normal no it's not and it it shouldn't be normalized like agreed i normalized it for myself so 
But speaking of that, because I do think it is part of coaching, like as we go through it, as we're growing, like as you were growing your business and you came, maybe you came through with some like growth pains Mm -hmm. within your business. Did you feel like you were reaching any sort of point of burnout? Like, how would you combat that? So like people who listen to this podcast as well, like not, not only are they competitors, but I know there's a lot of us who like are also in the coaching business. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you did when you were scaling your business, when you were growing it, that almost helped you navigate, like, is this burnout or is this just part of Mm. growing pains? I knew that it was burnout because I wasn't taking any days off. I was in that, like, like how you said that prioritizing those days for yourself. Um, I call them like creative days, like, like for myself. Um, you can't have creative flow if you're never shutting off and if you're never just chilling. They actually, there's, there's data and there's research how having a full lazy day can actually like, it does decrease your cortisol, your blood pressure. Like there's so many benefits to that. Um, and it helps with the creative flow. So the first thing when I realized that I was experiencing burnout and how I know that it was that was because I absolutely love what I do. I love every single person that I coach, new veterans, whatever it is. I love helping people. I love it to the, like almost to a fault that I'm obsessed with it. I was working, I would start my day, I would start working probably like 5 or 6 a.m. And I'd still be responding to people like 9 or 10 p.m. for two years. And so I knew that it was burnout because when people were messaging me, I would start getting pissed off. I would start getting mad that people were messaging me or annoyed at the questions that they were asking me when that's my job is to help you and answer your questions. And I started just feeling that. And I'm like, why am I feeling? Yeah. I'm mad that, like, I would see my WhatsApp go off and I would be like, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I I love this. Yeah. And so what I did was I started taking days off. Now I worked up to, I, I stopped working on Sundays. Like, Sunday was just my day. Now I don't work on the weekends at all. Saturday and Sunday, I'm not on WhatsApp. If you message me on Saturday or Sunday, you're just not getting a response. It's not going to, I'm not going to circle back and say, hey, saw your message from Saturday. Nope, yeah. didn't see it, you know? Oh, wow. And so that boundary for me is very, very important because I found myself at first, it was hard too. I would say, I would still respond. Like if you sent me a training video on something on Saturday, knowing I didn't work, I would still answer it on Monday. But then I would realize that like, of course they're going to keep sending videos on Saturdays because I'm responding to them on Mondays. And that defeats the purpose of the day off. Right. If you're backloading the videos from the weekend that is my day off, you're doubling my workload on Monday. It defeats the purpose of me having the day off. So now I'm like, hey, I know you sent training videos over the weekend. Just to reiterate, I don't work on the weekends. Only time off. You know, my athletes have jobs. They have time off. Yeah. So I need that too, you know. And actually, Dom Kuz is my mentor right now. And we, we work so well together. He is, he's like, you need PTO too. Because I was in Mexico, my first ever vacation out of the country with a partner. And I was working. And I had a mentorship scheduled in Mexico. And we got on the call and he was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he ended the call. And he ended the call. He was like, you're not wow. working in Mexico. Like you need 
paid time off. Like you need to get better at this. So like I have things that I'm still learning and boundaries that I'm still learning to set for myself too, because it's hard when you run your own company. It's hard to think that when you're not working to disassociate the feeling of I'm not succeeding. Just because you're not working doesn't mean you're not succeeding. And that's something that I really still struggle with to this day. Oh, someone messaged me at 9 p.m. I have to respond or or what? Or what? You know, like you're a human and I have to understand that I'm a human too. And and they understand that. And as you put those boundaries in place, they respond accordingly. That's that's the lesson I've learned. My athletes are so fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You deserve this day off. I'm like, you're right. I do. Yes. Thank you. God bless. Because I was stressed yes. that you thought that I was a robot. I'm not a robot. I, I'm a human. I'm crashing yeah. right now. I'm like in Mexico with a margarita in hand. Like, good work. Yeah. Looks great. It looks great. So, and you know, I did work. I worked on in Mexico, you know, up until like 10 a.m. every day. So it's like, hey, if you send something yeah. till 10 a.m., I'll respond to it. And I almost just wish I wouldn't have because it was like, what did those two to three hours really do but keep me connected? And the, it's just learning. Next time I'll be better. Next time I'm, I'll completely disconnect for seven days and I'll be even more refreshed. Yeah, you'll come back like ready to attack and yes. serve your clients versus. And I think that's what's difficult is I love it so much that I didn't even, I was in Mexico like vibing. Mm. Like, oh my God, I love this. Like yeah. I'm having so much fun still responding to my athletes, still talking to them. You think about them during the day. Oh, I'll have yes. athletes on my mind just like through the oh, day. I'm oh, like, hey, where's your posing? Know. Yeah. My <laughs> like, athletes know too that <laughs> then I'll just literally message someone and be like, hey, thinking of you, how's it going? Or if you like realize you're like, damn, I haven't heard from this person in like five or six days, which is out of character for them. Hey, how's it going? Mm-hmm. All the time. All the time. Yeah. I do same. it. Yeah. I'll get I'll message them and then they'll be like, Are you psychic? <laughs> I'm like, no, I just literally was thinking of you. It's happened yes. so many times where they're like, Oh, I was just staring at cheesecake and like wondering, but now I'm not going to. And I was if like, I should <laughs> yeah. smash it or not. <laughs> Like, no, good they're thing. Funny. Yeah. 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 My my tummy was rumbling. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just felt. Yeah. But yeah, I love doing that though. And also just it makes them understand that, like, yeah, I think about every single person that I coach. Yeah. Like I said, new or not, like you're in my thought process all the time. Yeah. Each person is just so special and unique. And it's it feels good to be able to reach out and not just I never want it to be one way. I don't want them to just send me their check-in every week and not feel like a human. Yeah. Like you're connecting with a human. It's not. Or if I haven't heard from you and and it's your update day, I before I even respond to your update, I'll be like, how are you? Hey, good to see you. How was your week? Tell me about it. You know, like I love that. I love that because that also helps you build the connection and the relation with that person. And that's what I love. I love human connection. I love connecting with people. I love learning from people. And like, you know, I have so many athletes that are in so many different career paths that I love learning what they do and how their week was and how how they just operate. I love it so much that I'm, I love doing that. Hey, like, how was your week before we dive into your update? What's going on? How was your Thanksgiving? What are you doing for Christmas? Do you have any traditions? Like, Fuck yeah. I love that. Yeah. Do you connect with your team as well? I know you do like team calls. Is that a monthly? 
Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we do monthly team calls. So our team calls aren't more about like, hey, what's up? We try to make our team calls more geared towards mindset um, and more of like the personal development side of things too, because I'm so big on personal development. Where the mind goes, the body follows. And like I said in the beginning of this, I like this to be more of just an experience for you. It's not just about your weight loss, your muscle gain, whatever your fitness goals are. Um, And I love to challenge your perspective. Throw a wrench in your thought process. Like, why are you doing the things that you're doing? And I'm really big on, you know, breaking patterns and human behavior and like the psyche of things. I love that. And I feel like if I can break you out of the patterns that you've deemed who you are, that I can help you unlock new levels to yourself. And I know I've, I've done it with hundreds of people. I know that like that's one of my gifts is I can break you out of that pattern, create a new pattern, put on a new helmet, and that's who you are, whoever you want to be. Yes. I think that's so huge. And what I've noticed that you are, you are really good at that. You just yeah. said that. It is a gift that you have. You're good about speaking to yourself in a way that frees you from any self-limiting beliefs. Like mm. every time that you've gone through a prep or that I've gone through a prep and then we hang out and we chat, I don't hear you speak in any way that is like a self-limiting belief ever. Right. Like, and it's it's to the point where I notice it because I'll be in conversation with other people or athletes or whatever, and I hear these self-limiting beliefs come through. Do you feel like that's something you help them with? And what what tools do you employ for that? I do feel like it's something I help them with because they don't have, like a lot of people don't have the tools or understanding or people believing in them that like, you know, let's just use an example of like, if you're extremely overweight and you come to me and you just say like, well, I've always been overweight. Things like that, like that is an extreme self-limiting belief. And like one of my my biggest things, my motto, I say it is, it's always just, why not you? Mm-hmm. because I thought that at one point too, I always, that's something I instilled with myself is why not me? Like every odd, I feel like, you know, like I'll use turning pro as an example of like every odd I feel was against me. You know, I never had the genetic makeup. I never had the support. I never had the financial background. I never had anything that would have guessed that I would have been in that position. But I always just told myself, why not me? And using that as an example of why not you too. Um, so I I really, really like to just put them almost in a corner of themselves of like showing them like the things that you're saying aren't who you are. It's you're almost so afraid of not being that anymore because that's your only identity that you don't want to be identity list, if you will, for lack of better words. You don't want to have no identity. So it's like, yeah, you're going to tie yourself to being fat because that's all you know who you are. So if you remove yourself, and one thing I like to do is say, okay, so if you're not fat anymore, who are you? Well, I don't know. Exactly. Let's find out. Let's find out. Let's so yes, let's evolve into that. that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. What is your higher self wanting and doing and acting? And, you know, how are they moving in the room or how are people talking to you and envision that and you can literally become that mm-hmm. every single day. You, there's no reason that that can't be you, but almost like people don't want it to be them or they don't want to know how easy that is because then there's an excuse of why they haven't done it. Oh, interesting. Yes. Like getting in shape is so fucking easy. It's so easy to get in shape, but people don't want to make it that easy because then it's like, well, why haven't you done it yet? 
because I have this, because I have this, because I have this, because I have this. And I'm like, okay, and it's so easy to get in shape. And everybody knows how. That's So that's something that I've been like not struggling with or grappling with, but I'm trying to figure out how to get that message across. Because to me, of course, like I'm a, I'm a self-compassionate person or yeah. empathetic. And in some ways it's a strength and in some ways it's a weakness mm-hmm. because I've found that people do have these limiting beliefs. They do have these excuses. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say it's it's not as hard as you're making it. Mm-hmm. But I guess I sometimes I struggle with how far can I push this person mm. without them breaking or giving up? They or, need a break. You break know what up. I mean? They need to break. Break them. Yes. You know, it's it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's, it's out of love, too. And I always tell my athletes like that, too. It's out of so much care. You know, you're not here and you're not wanting this experience because you don't want more from yourself. You're not trying to demand more from yourself and coming to me saying, this is how I've always been. You want more. And that's why you're here. And I'm going to help you get more and be more and achieve more. But you have to, you have to let them break sometimes. And having hard conversations and and having, you know, expectations or standards. And, you know, there's times where I have really hard conversations with my athletes and I could feel the pushback and I could feel they're almost angry, but anger is not a feeling. It's a mixed emotion. They feel triggered. I'll say triggered. They feel extremely triggered because they know that they can do better. And they know that they're here to do better and to demand better. And I demanding better from you. And now that you're in a position where you can be better, you're, yep. you're running. You're running from that demand of being better because you don't know what's going to happen if you remove that belief that you can't. And you're afraid of how fucking powerful you are. Because it's scary to know how powerful you are and how powerful you can be when you just remove your boundaries. I could be anything that I want to be and I know that I can be because I will tell myself that I can be. And you can too. You truthfully can. I know. I love it. Honestly, that almost brought me to tears. Like that. I love that so much. I hope I hope Emily clips that and we could just (laughs) put that everywhere because it's such it's just such a powerful message. It Everybody is. needs to hear that. Yeah. You I can agree. literally do anything that you yeah. set your mind to. Anything There's you want. There's never been a conversation where I felt something broke me out of love that I didn't grow from. And then, you know, you circle back and you're like, hey, wow, like I needed that. And if and if they're not ready to hear that, then that's okay. That's okay. We'll circle back because at some point you're going to realize that you needed that conversation. Hard conversations are hard for a reason. And there's always growth on the other side of those conversations. And and if you're not ready for the growth, that's okay. Then you're then then you don't need to be here. Cause you're not coming to my team not ready to grow. If you get thrown in this environment, you better be ready to grow and you better be ready to thrive and you better be ready to have more demanded from yourself. Because that's what you're going to get. Yeah. You're going to be held to the standard. And if you don't meet it. Yeah. You know, and some people yeah. don't want to be held to a standard. Yeah. And it's, that's okay. Yeah. Not for me. It's not okay. But <laughs> if that's you're okay like, for I don't you, choose it I don't for judge me, anybody yeah, that doesn't yeah. want to be held to a standard or doesn't want to demand more from themselves. That's okay. That's just not what I'm about. I really love how you said, like, it's okay if you're not ready to grow, like we can circle back because truly like if they're not ready, they'll leave. But 
you never know because in the future they will come back. They might come back and say, hey, that I conversation so was something. Back. Yeah. yeah. Just like, yeah. dude, let's, I'm ready now. Like I realized what this was and like, I'm ready. I've had athletes leave because I told them they weren't ready to compete and they, that's what they want to be told. They wanted to be, they want a coach that was like, yeah, let's put you on stage. And like, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, hey, you're not ready. We need another year. Well, I want to compete this year. You're not ready. All right. Well, I'm going to go with another coach then. Okay, that's fine. You know, love you, sis. <laughs> yeah. Like, best of luck. But no, and, there's and never like, any bad blood or I don't wish bad upon any person ever. I'm, I have way too much love and light to ever want that. But it's just like, that's not me. And that's not my message. And that won't ever be my message. And you're not going to shift the excellence that you hold for somebody that Correct. just, you know, that's not because ready. Because there now is a standard of excellence and absolutely, and <laughs> it, I have to uphold that. And mm. I love that. Nobody wants to just be like, yeah, she just puts average people on stage. It's okay. You know, like you want to hit and you want to fucking hit every single time. Yeah. yeah. And you have, you've yes. done that. Yes. Your track record is it's pretty crazy. Good. <laughs> pretty good. We'll see this weekend. Yeah, yeah. We'll see this weekend. <laughs> When's this podcast coming out? It's coming out before the weekend. Uh, if we can get it out Wednesday, but it could be next Wednesday. So we'll see. Oh, you never know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. So if it's next Wednesday, hopefully it was a good fucking weekend. I have a good feeling. It'll be a good weekend. Me too. Me too. So just, I guess we'll wrap it up. Um, even though I could just sit here and chat with you all day. Like, I, I love, I love hearing your thought process. Yes, it's just thank so you. Thank you. We need to do this more then. Yes. You should come anytime. I'm coming back more. Okay. <laughs> yes, it won't be yes. nine months next time. <laughs> please. Please. <laughs> I had shit to handle. <laughs> so speaking of like your success, I had the question here, like, how do you define success in the realm of coaching? But honestly, I just want to expand that. How do you define success? in general, in life? I love this question because everybody's version of success is so different. And mine has changed throughout my successes. I used to think it was one thing, you know, I used to think it was a certain, um, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Monetary. I used to think it was monetary. I used to think it was tangible things. I used to think it was, you know, when I lived here or when I had made this much money or when I was in the room with this person, like those things of success. But I measure success truly about my level of impact and how I feel about myself. That is what I deem successful um, outside of, you know, can I get the things that I want as far as, is there a roof over my head? Can I feed myself? You know, are the people around me fed? Are the people around me thriving too? I don't measure my success by if I'm successful and the people around me, i.e. My, my circle, my family, if they're not succeeding, we're all not succeeding. You know, like we are one. So like I measure success off of my level of happiness, internal happiness of how I feel about myself. Like that is my ultimate success and it will never be a number in my bank account. It will never be a number of athletes on the team. It will never be things that of accolades. It will never be I'm not successful because I turned someone pro. Like I'm successful because I change lives. And that's my success is just changing lives. The more lives I change, the more successful I feel. Yay. That is so perfect. Thank you. I love Thank you. That. Thank it's, you so much for having me today. This has been awesome. Oh my gosh. Of course. You guys have such an awesome impact in so many women listen to this podcast and a lot of my athletes listen to this podcast as well. And 
nothing but amazing messages that you guys put out. So I'm really honored to be able to be a part of this message. Yes. Thank you. I'm glad that you could be here today. Yeah. I'm, it's, it means a lot. Yes. I'm very grateful. I know next time D will be here. I know. We miss you, D, but we know that yeah. you're getting ready to dominate that stage and get that job done, sis. She's going to finish the job. She is. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you'd like to share? Hmm. I feel really good about this. I feel really good. We we touched on a lot of things that I feel a lot of listeners are going to resonate with and just kind of help them, you know, get out of their own way. And, you know, one thing I really, really want to instill is if you are not where you want to be, it is your own fault. It is your responsibility. Your success is your responsibility. And someone told me something once that really hit me. Your big break's not coming. Your big break is you. And so if you feel that you are waiting for that big break to come, it's you just getting to work. Get to work. I love that. Mic drop. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, guys, we will catch you on the next episode.